0: It's that time of the week to open up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Some big news to cover today as well. Corey Davis retirement, Isaiah Simmons traded, and his trade Lance next on the trade block in the NFL. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson.
1: NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns,
0: next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. This is Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at PD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where most of these questions came from on Twitter. You can also always drop a question into us in the YouTube comments and Every day or no, make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedonNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Good bit of news this morning as we get going here on uh on our Thursday mailbag episode, Matt. And it starts with uh a trade in the NFL. Isaiah yeah. Simmons has been moved from the Arizona Cardinals to the New York Giants for a seventh round pick, Matt. I mean, that is no return for a player that was drafted number eight overall just a few years ago. He was uh he, you know, four three speed, kind of a safety hybrid player in college that they wanted to convert to linebacker, kind of try to move him back to safety and just really the ultimate tweener freak athlete that the Arizona Cardinals could never figure out.
1: And I don't know what pl- position he's going to play for the New York Giants either. Yeah. These trades sort of baffle me a little bit. You know, it's kind of like a Cuda going to the Falcons for a fifth or whatever. I mean, to only get a seventh back for this player, I know they're not in the hunt this year, the Cardinals obviously, but a seventh is the lowest currency in the whole league. I mean, other teams wouldn't give you a sixth or a fifth to rent him for the year. It is really late in the process. You would have loved to have Simmons all through camp to figure out exactly what he is. So the timing's bad for the Cardinals in that regard. And he is a remarkable athlete, but I also think it's somewhat of a lesson. First of all, the Cardinals screw up these positionless players time and time again. You know, I mean, they, they've been pretty good at it. Reddick, Zayvon Collins, et cetera. But I mean, him coming out of Clemson, he played single high, he played slot, he played linebacker. He was an edge pass rusher and all of us or many of us and myself included. Oh, maybe he could do all those things in the NFL. Well, nobody really can really in the history of the game. Why do we think somebody is going to do that? Just play seven positions on defense. Well, so you kind of have to have that foundation. Like what room do you go to every day? Are you a linebacker? And then you start adding the, the, the fun stuff on top of that. It feels like they never did that. And last year, he was a big slot and did it pretty well. All offseason, I've been reading, he's going to be a true safety. But if I'm the Giants, seventh-round pick for that guy in Wink Martindale's defense that plays with more defensive backs on the field than anyone else in the league, I'll figure out something to do with them. you know, blitz him, whatever, you know. I
0: mean he- – He's got a first round salary attached still with a trade, mm-hmm. so I mean, I know gonna, that's
1: why you don't get as enough.
0: But he'll right. be an expensive special teamer. But for a seventh round pick, if you find a good gunner, right, that runs even four that. three, that's two hundred forty pounds, then that's even worth it right there for the the draft compensation given up. But I mean, dime linebacker seems like he kind of um, there's been talk that maybe you know he's just too light, but edge might mm-hmm. be the best position for him. So I um, I don't know how to how you use him. Maybe dime linebacker and and move them around but i mean it's look the arizona cardinals the same they did the same thing with hassan reddick and they he was a tweener, they couldn't figure out how to use him and it turns out oh yeah guess what he was an edge this entire time then he goes and leads the league in sacks last year right <laughs> right, right other teams are benefiting and i want to go to our colleague alex clancy of locked on cardinals uh one who- thing i would <laughs> throw
1: out though and That's you just kind of mentioned the cardinals is there is profit in buying bad slash dumb teams trash you know, like, yes, Ra- Raiders didn't have any use for Randy Moss anymore. Oh, okay. We'll take him to New England. Same with Welker. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's great examples over history that, yeah. and teams you get, that don't know touchdowns. what the heck they are doing. You get, get 20 down.
0: touchdowns for, uh, for Randy Moss. And then it's like, hey, he is kind of a pain in the butt. So then you trade him away, but you got the profit and it was, it didn't cost you much at all.
1: I- I'm sure the Niners have examples, but I always, I mean, the Rams couldn't use Jerome Bettis anymore. Get rid of him, draft oh. Lawrence Phillips. Well, we'll take him for a second round pick. I mean, there's a million yeah. examples of that, and I'm not saying and, this guy's the same, but and,
0: and the Rams did the same thing on the other end with uh, with um, when they traded they so they dra- uh, they they took uh, Marshall Falk from the Indianapolis Colts, right? And it was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, greatest show on turf. Why, why did you not just hold on to Falk if you're the Indianapolis Colts? You know? <laughs> uh, but. Right. Uh, I want to go to our our colleague here of locked on Cardinals Alice Clancy who says the Arizona Cardinals trading Isaiah Simmons for just a 7th round pick is a microcosm of what Steve Kime did to the organization the former mm. uh, GM and and we've seen them not be able to figure that out. So um that's uh that's really interesting there and I, and I totally I totally agree.
1: Turning first round picks into 7th round returns is you don't have to be an economics major to figure that one out. Not so great.
0: Right. And he also went on to say that that's not an indictment of new GM Monty Austin Fort about True. not getting anything for for this player. So good luck to Simmons and hopefully the Giants can figure him out.
1: But I bet there's 20 fan bases out there going, we should have given up a six.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Especially yeah, right.
0: when you consider just the uh the the draft compensation, which is which was mm-hmm. nothing in this case. Corey Davis retired, only 28 years old, walking away. And this is a really interesting one because Matt, we were always confused with what the th- the the jets were doing all offseason was like Corey davis has got to be going somewhere right that this Mm -hmm. doesn't add up and so i think the writing was on the wall and now it makes sense that they maybe had a feeling that this was going to happen and uh it turns out that Corey davis decides he's going to walk away from the nfl 28 years old um you know he he talked about in his statement he's a you know he's a quiet player but um you know uh, emotional and, and gave it all and uh, I really loved Corey Davis coming out of school and, and I loved that they drafted him as high as he did. Cause I thought he was worth it. He's had a lot of injuries as well. And he never really saw the peak that he could have had, but he was a nice player. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with um, I saw a photo online of uh, Derek Henry, AJ Brown and Corey Davis from the Titans days, like, you know, just getting jacked up after a touchdown or something. And they were so excited. And It was like, man, what could have been with that group? And they're, you know, and, Henry's still around, but he might not last the year in Tennessee mm-hmm. either. But um, you know he's a good player. Uh, but now it starts to make sense what the Jets were doing, and I think they kind of knew all well along where this was going.
1: Yeah, I mean it's such a weird off season. Like I, I expected him to get cut, you know, after all the moves they made and cap strapped and all that during the the whole Rogers saga.
0: Yeah, or to be the fact that he wasn't part of that Rogers trade,
1: really. Was, yeah, right.
0: Surprising to me. All
1: right, So maybe this, maybe you said it perfectly there that this has been on his mind all along, and he told them and. You know, and so they're, therefore they're not going to trade a guy that's about to retire. And hopefully he doesn't have personal issues. Like I used this example last night on Locked on Dynasty. And of course, I was bringing it back to the Steelers. But Stefan Tuitt, like a year or so ago, just unexpectedly retired after his brother got shot and killed. You know, like I hope it's not like. Something awful in his life that yeah.
0: you know, yeah. so he, he talked about his family. He didn't talk about anything specific that was bad going on, but he said he was at peace with the decision and you know, has a great family, all these things. So, hopefully, there's not more going on there. Uh, that, that's you know, it's a tragic, tragic situation yeah. in, in Corey Davis's
1: life for sure. So, yeah, maybe uh, you're um, You're probably right. They probably just kind of knew this was the, the deal all along, yeah. Yeah, I was perplexed by it for a while. but it's probably. I got
0: cool. a good question here, and it ties into our next topic. The The next topic, Matt, is going to be a Trey Lance potential trade now with the 49ers. Sam mm-hmm. Darnold's been named the number two quarterback behind Brock Purdy for the 49ers, meaning Trey Lance is now three on the depth chart. But here's this question that I think is super interesting that's related uh, about Sam Darnold and other backups now around the league. It's from a coach that that frequently tweets into the show. And uh, he references this from Jordan Loop, and it is: If every NFL team was forced to play the entire season with their backup quarterback, which two teams would meet in the Super Bowl? Would the 49ers be one of those teams for you, with Sam? They're Donald?
1: definitely my first thought. I mean, I hate to get under your skin and talk Purdy and all that, but I almost don't care who their quarterback is anymore. I mean, I, I it's and I mean that's a compliment to Shanahan and those around him. I, I mean. Part of me, (laughs) we talked about this on Locked on Dynasty last night. I'm like, I'm getting Sam Darnold by far in every super flex I can possibly get. And maybe every deep dynasty I can get. Because I think if he gets in there, he might be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And that's not a knock on Purdy. who has been really good. But it's just so friendly. And Darnold's very talented. So they absolutely come to mind. I'm struggling in the AFC, though. Miami, if Mike White's a guy.
0: Oh, there you go. It's, it's in look, the 49ers aren't a quarterback centric offense, a ton of other talent. So those are the teams right. you're looking for, you know, who's got a decent backup and they're, you know, the quarterback might not be the driving force of why that team is good. You know, and, and I would say maybe uh, I'm, I'm blanking actually right now. Who's the, the Eagles? backup quarterback right now
1: well that brings us to tonight's game it's Mariota, but i think he might lose oh. his job to tanner mckee tonight because you know?
0: so- i was gonna bring up mckee i think you know he's a rookie so that might not look great but i mean even mm-hmm. if lance with the 49ers i think they would have a have a shot there because as lance in five games it might look a lot more different than lance right now and just to wrap up the darnold portion of this thing darnold was more consistent and he started 50 mm-hmm. more games in the nfl and so he should look more consistent and so Next, Matt, we've got to talk a little bit about process 49ers, Trey Lance. Is he on the block? Two
1: seconds, if you don't mind, though, because sure. I want to answer this question a little bit more. Because I also thought about Dallas. What about like Cooper Rush? Could he keep that ship on, you know, moving along? He's done pretty well in relief,
0: mm-hmm. but and, really, and the, all- NFC is the place to go because there's less competition. But if you take quarterbacks out of it in the AFC, does that change everything?
1: That's what I was going to say is, it's really only NFC teams because. Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Chargers, Jets. If they lose their starter, we, forget we about it. I mean, all the good quarterbacks are in that side.
0: We already saw what the Jets look like with the backup last year.
1: Yeah. We know what so, that answer is. I lean towards, like, Miami, the Patriots, the Steelers. Like, if the Browns had Jacoby Brissett, I'd say the Browns.
0: DTR for the Browns. That's good
1: a lot, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's asking a lot from a rookie. I, I, I think 49ers Dolphins might be our answer there, man.
1: Might be. Might be. And that's, they, they run the exact same scheme. Coincidence?
0: True. I, I think not. I think not. Okay, next. Trey Lance, trade and some more very good questions here. What about waiver cutdown day that is looming in the NFL? Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. I love the Game Time app. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sporting events and not just sporting events, music, you know, comedy, concerts, theater, any kind of tickets you need near you, you can find them on the Game Time app with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have at any event, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And it is not with game time. And uh, I, I love the game time app. The first time I, I used it, I opened it up. and was like, Oh, this is amazing. I want to go see a San Francisco giants baseball game rolled into the city hour before the games. Like, I'm going to see a game tonight. I got the night off. Boom. Got tickets, great seats, great price on the game time app. So you can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day. Of the event, get exclusive flash deals on tickets as well: football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. From afar, Matt, do you think it's the right decision by Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers to go with the veteran and Sam Darnold as their backup quarterback over Trey Lance with how little we have to go on with Trey Lance?
1: Yes. I mean, that's a tough one being from afar. I mean, you'd love to be at practice. You'd love to study every blurb and every quote and everything being close to the team. As you and I know, being close to a single team certainly has some advantages. But I'll be honest. I mean... It Was it day one of free agency that they signed Darnold? I mean, it was early, early.
0: Yes, and you know what's interesting? So this has been conflicting, and some people say, well, I was rigged all along. They signed him early, and Trey Lance never had a shot to compete. Clearly, Trey Lance didn't have a shot to compete for QB1, but did he even have a shot to compete for QB2. The way Kyle Shanahan tells it is that he had zero healthy quarterbacks on the first day of free agency. Brock Purdy is right, right, right. yeah, a huge United. question mark at I mean, that They point. didn't know the timeline for that. They didn't know if Brock be ready to start the season. Trey Lance wasn't cleared yet from his broken ankle from week two of the NFL season. So going and getting a veteran quarterback is something we expected to happen. Um, but he talks so glowingly about Sam Darnold all off season long. And in a way, this was a genius stroke by Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold took less to go to the 49ers, he mm-hmm. saw this opportunity saw how good quarterbacks have played in Kyle Shanahan's offense if they can play in timing, right, and in rhythm. And so the the marriage there, I think, was really good, and I think it was smart by Sam Darnold to recognize a a stable organization, a good coaching staff, and say, this is where I want to go right now to try to compete for a backup job versus some really weird coaching staffs that he's been with in the past in his career. So smart move by Sam Darnold. And in the end, I think it might have been Sam Darnold that got himself signed. And I don't think it was necessarily rigged, but it kind of was rigged if a guy who's played four games in the last three years has to compete with a guy with 55 NFL starts. And you're basing it on preseason game consistency.
1: Yeah, very well said. I mean, we've seen like Winston do that with Breeze and Peyton. We saw Trubisky do it with Allen and the Bills. You know, like, guys that washed out, take less, go to an awesome situation, kick back, and see how it goes from there. And you saw know?
0: this, Matt, Kenny Pickett's rookie year. He's a rookie,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so the veteran looks better on day one because yeah, he's right. been around, he's right? And eventually, you go with the higher upside player, in the um, but now Trey Lance doesn't have that opportunity to build on it and get reps, and you see him get better in games. So this is, to me, and we talked about it with the Isaiah Simmons trade. I think it'd be very smart for any team to go out there and get Trey Lance for how little it's going to cost. Uh, I've heard rumors of a fifth round pick, maybe a player, maybe it's even less than a fifth round pick at this point. I don't know. Um, And the 49ers take a cap hit if they cut him. So I don't think that's in the cards. He's either going to be the third quarterback on the 49ers or he's going to be traded. Um, But with his talents and how little we've seen and some of it, like you just go back to week one last year, Lance looked better than Justin Fields for three quarters before the monsoon hit fields. Just happened to hit a couple of plays with some coverage busts. And then once th- the fourth quarter hit with that rain, it was that, that game was over. But if you just watch the quarterback play timing, like l- Trey Lance looked better than Justin Fields. And we've seen how Justin Fields season went. Trey Lance didn't have an opportunity to build uh, on anything after week one because he got hurt early in week mm-hmm. two. So I mean, he's a remarkable,
1: remarkable, Bad luck.
0: Oh yeah, like, in, including in COVID and, situation. Right. Purdy comes out of nowhere, looks great, and again, timing and rhythm is really what you need in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and and that's where uh, Trey Lance has struggled, and and he needs to play football just because he's played so little. He had a COVID season. He had, uh, he sat, you know, played little, sat behind Jimmy rookie year, then broken ankle into year two. Like no um i forget the stat but no top five pick has ever played fewer than eight he made an appearance in eight games some of those you know was barely an appearance right and nobody has done less than that and and half of those games he barely played in so a top five pick in the in the common draft era so we've just never really seen anything like this it's worth a flyer for nothing for a team that especially doesn't have a great quarterback situation going forward into 2024 and i would think at least half the teams in the nfl trey lance's um You'd much rather have Trey Lance than whoever your backup quarterback is. You know, Would you rather have Trey Lance or Kyle Trask right now if you're in Tampa?
1: They're the best team I've come up with, to be honest with you. So a mm-hmm. couple things. I brought up Darnold in free agency just because I think Shanahan gets an affinity for quarterbacks, as most coaches do, but we know he loves cousins, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think they went into free agency going, ah mike white will be fine bridgewater will be okay you know maybe w- winston would be all right i think they wanted darnold you know and they went and got him that was the guy they wanted so it might have been
0: a sales pitch it's like look we're not going to pay you as much as another team might because he's a high-end backup former starter right he knew mm-hmm. he's gonna have to go the backup route It's Like, we can't pay you that but we'll give you this deal three and a half million with incentives if you end up starting all season you'll make that high-end backup money and darnold was like yes please and so i Just think right. that's, there was a little recruitment but it all worked out and they worked with each other and and clearly it, there was conversation going back to 2018 so the 49ers scouted the 2018 draft during 2017 that was when darnold came out and they liked him already but then they ended up doing the jimmy g trade instead so that kyle has that kyle is very much like a 13 year old girl in middle school that has a different <laughs> yeah. class every week and i think there was like this Darnold thought in the back of his head. There's been the Kirk Cousins thought in the back of his head. And uh, in, in some ways, Kyle Shanahan, it's not a good trait. And in some ways, he's amazing at what he does with his offense. But they've got to be able to figure out this quarterback thing. And I know you're not high on Purdy. I, I think Purdy's really good. The way he plays mm-hmm. in timing, rhythm, has a little playmaking ability. But physically, he doesn't have what Darnold or, or Trey Lance has. But sure. clearly, that, that's not what Kyle Shanahan values. So I don't know what they were thinking going up to get that player in the 2021 draft and and having a guy that if you break your ankle once your career with your team ends i mean that's just bad process all through it and i I was saying at the time i just i didn't really love how the 49ers went about that in 2021 and then the development was was just as bad a process as the the draft pick was
1: I still believe he, he preferred Mac until the bitter end, but who knows? That, I mean, I mean, that, that seems the, like more his style.
0: That's terrible too. You're gonna try no, that's, that's, even, that's bad, yeah. Jones, so he wasn't Correct. even a first round guy, in my opinion. So, like, yeah, all of it was bad process. So Trey needs to play, it'll be better for him somewhere else. I've heard Minnesota Vikings, I could see that. They don't know what's after Kirk Cousins, by the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Tampa's then, the other
1: one that really comes to mind. Yeah,
0: Tampa, maybe Washington. I could see maybe. Um, there's a few other teams out there. If he was to be released, then it opens it up to everybody because I think anybody Mm -hmm. would sign him for practically nothing to compete and just see what they could do with him on their roster. But then he might end up back in the NFC West with Seattle or the Los Angeles Rams. And so the 49ers, I don't think, are cutting him at all. He either is QB3 or he gets traded.
1: So would you want him if you were the Colts or Bears? You know, like, that's the style of quarterback your starter is but I also don't want to interfere with my young, young guys progress
0: for free. Yes. And I for think, free, at that yes, point, it would, I mean,
1: a fifth or later is not bad.
0: Oh, it, it's and, and if he's cut, especially because you yeah, are yeah. finding him and don't have to give up a pick and he's going to be making, you know, league minimum at that point, probably, you know, or, you know, a, a really cheap two year deal or something if he was actually released, which I don't think is going to happen anyway. But as far as trading him, you got to pay him a little bit. Uh, whoever has an, enough cap space um, to to to. To see, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for a lot of teams, and I just, I'm just yeah, I'm I just don't think teams league. are smart enough to take that free value. I mean, are you talking? Are you kidding How about me? About Denver. Denver's a great one. Denver's right. been talked about actually. Uh, can really. they? They've got an expensive quarterback, so. Uh, but man, Green I, Green Bay. I love it. I love Denver. I love Green Bay. He's he's already yeah. moved the offense right. So there's a ton of teams. And maybe we'll get a sneaky team that jumps in there on it. But apparently there's not a lot of offers rolling in. They haven't gotten a lot. So it's going to be cheap Uh, to me. I think a smart team would make that deal.
1: I mean, even if I were the Bills or the Bengals, you know, like he's not going to come close to competing with my stud, but he might develop into something useful.
0: And going back to that QB2 question, how exactly. would you rather have than Trey Lance? And there's not very many in the NFL.
1: Not many in the AFC. I mean, the NFC's guys competing with each other a lot, but right. We're, I don't know. I, I, I think all the teams should be interested at that price. I mean, yeah. I, always, I think that about Isaiah Simmons, too. You know, like super talented guys I can get cheap that are just cap hits. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. See what you got. Who cares? You cut them yeah. after the season?
0: Whatever. It, the yeah, upside right. is so much higher in what you can do there. Interesting. Okay. Next, Matt, let's talk preseason football and waiver cutdown day. Next, I do want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are on every day or subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Going back into the hopper here to our Twitter questions, Matt. And uh there's a couple here about the waiver cutdown day that is coming. And this one from Jason, how is the waiver wire going to work when these 1,184 players are cut waived all on the same day? Do teams get a list and mark which players they're putting a claim in for? And then our friend Joey Bagadonut says, is it better for the players to have one big cutdown day like they do now or the many cut down days tiered like it was before?
1: So many layers here, like, First of all, I think about the position coaches. Like if you're a wide receiver coach, you might have six guys at most on the final roster, probably even just five. Right now, you might have a dozen dudes that are demanding your attention all the time and trying to impress you. And frankly, you know, five of them have no shot to even make the team. You know what I mean? But I still got to pat these dudes on the head and you've been great and you're working hard, youngster. I hope you could go on somewhere else or an offensive line room for 18 guys right now or whatever. Like that's a lot on a position coach, but because there's only three preseason games, you need, you're going to need them this weekend. I mean, all those guys are going to play a lot. So the old way of doing things is easier for teams because, you know, there's 20 guys on every roster, you know, could be easy cuts. I mean, everyone has a backup punter and a backup kicker and stuff now too. get out of here. Just, I'm talking, hire to feed hire to put giving your pads my training staff sick of you you know my equipment staff sick of you get out of here you know go do something else but I also think it's easier to do it in waves it's just less feasible than people realize on this third game day like you don't want your first offensive line out there for three quarters I mean you need to have capable guys that have been coached up and if you're putting out garbage O-line to whoever that quarterback is, is not fair to them or the running back. I mean, so, and we do have a much longer break now from final preseason game to opening day. So I think that part's good, but back to the original question, the floodgates that open on Tuesday is more than I think that any team can truly handle. Like the, I'm sure every pro staff is going, we're used to this. We know what we want, but it's, it's madness. I mean, it's a wild, wild West. It has to be. And then the last thing I want to throw in is my experience and times were a little different back then, but like scouts, even college scouts would go to preseason games, you know, and they don't go like if I went to Carolina Buffalo, I didn't go to watch Cam Newton. You know, the director of, of pro scouting gave me 10 names and I watched those guys that are Maybe, maybe three of them make the team, seven of them get cut from each team. You want to know every special team's role they had. Tape wasn't as easy to come by, so you do it live and you jot down every, okay, Johnny's in the game, he's playing nickel corner, he's a gunner on this play, and then you go back and watch it on tape. So you have shorter lists, you know, that basically all I want to know is, is Johnny better than our the, our, our worst corner we're going to keep? Can I make an argument for him? So, yes. yes. You You laid
0: it out great because I I think that the real answer to this is preparation. You don't go through a thousand players all of a sudden on cut down day. You already have your list of guys you're looking at and it's a short list Mm -hmm. and you see which one of those guys do actually get cut and you've already done the work and you kind of know who you already like. And then maybe if there's some surprise guys you didn't expect, then you kind of go back Mm -hmm. and have that conversation. And so the list gets much, much smaller.
1: And remember, the the foundation of that whole conversation starts with their co- college scouting reports. You're torn between two guys in the fifth round. You take player A, and then player B goes right after, and you you still got your eye on him. You know, like I really liked him, or he gets picked right before you would have taken him, and he goes to a team, and you, you're still watching him going. If he becomes available. They're using him wrong. I'm going to use him like this. You know, I think he's a better fit in our scheme. That type of
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the the sixth round version of Isaiah Simmons. You liked him. He had a good draft grade mm-hmm. on him. Didn't work out. Then when he becomes available, you get him for free and you pick him for up. Free. And say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try him this way and see if it, it works out. And then for some guys, it does work out.
1: So you're 100 percent right. Preparation is super important, but so are connections. Knowing those dudes' agents. You know, like John. I mean, somebody's going to get cut from a good team. That is an NFL player, and everybody knows it. You know, like, I don't know, the Chiefs O line is so deep. They're cutting a guy that 20 teams could use. And well, who knows that agent best? Right. <laughs> you know what and I mean?
0: Also, there's that, there's the team that calls the Chiefs and is like, well, I know this guy's not going to, or the Chiefs call some teams that are better that are in the back end of the waiver list. And they're like, hey, uh, this guy's not going to make brother. it through waivers. Give us a seventh round pick for him, and you don't have to worry about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's true. There's definitely those seventh round trades on the horizon. For veterans, the guys that are making a little bit of money, not the Simmons of the world that are first round picks, but the guy, the linebacker that's been around the league, that's going to play football somewhere this year. And you trade them for a seventh round pick just so that team doesn't have to fight waivers for, him, you know,
0: And I do think part of the early cut down day was for the players that had a better shot catching on somewhere else to have more more time. And in some mm-hmm. ways, you're doing some of those guys a favor, and then some of them you just know aren't going to, you know, be there, and you don't even want to, you don't even need to see them in preseason game number four. And there's not preseason game number four anymore. So, um, I don't know. I, I I like it, and I like it in some ways. I don't like it in some other ways, but I don't think it's going to impact teams that much because no, they've no. already done the work and they already have a list of the guys that they're looking at that they might want to pick up.
1: It impacts your practice squad more than your fifty-three. I mean, maybe you've one practice guy you didn't squad affect- is a
0: scramble that you scramble guys left and right, trying to get guys in. You're hoping the guys that you have that you cut liked you enough to come back to your practice mm-hmm. squad because I know there's some guys that feel burnt sometimes and then they're like, Nope, I'm you didn't like me enough to keep me. I'm going somewhere else. I'll go anywhere else, right?
1: No, there's a lot of that. So it's it's not an exact science at all. I mean, I think it's the wild, wild west.
0: Real quick, looking ahead to some Thursday night preseason games here. Your Steelers are playing, Matt. It's Steelers at Falcons, and it is Colts at Eagles. Uh, No offense to your Steelers, Matt. I'm I'm more excited for the second game. Me too. And uh, the the next Tom Brady, as he's being called in Philadelphia, Tanner McKee is going to get a lot of action, no doubt, for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the show, McKee has a chance at least to unseat Mariota. And at least as the two, Mariota's making like five guaranteed, but he's been horrendous now for well over a year.
0: side of the thing we talked about, shouldn't the veteran that started a whole bunch of the of games, former first round pick talent look obviously you know more consistent versus a, a young player that doesn't have a lot of experience? and that was not the case in the Philadelphia Eagles preseason games not right. at
1: all. And we got we kind of got robbed of watching Richardson last week, but he's playing tonight. So that's great. Yeah. You know, so that in itself makes that game fun.
0: Who are you looking at in Steelers Falcons? Is there any uh, any big uh, position battles that you're going to be watching closely? Because I know you're going to be doing, uh, and by the way, I hope you're caffeinated. You're going to be doing postgame Steelers until what, midnight?
1: So they start at 730. This is my day today. The Steelers start at 730. So I'm doing pregame out or the pre -pre pregame one pregame is not enough for a Steeler show. So, of course, 330 to 430. I'm on with my buddy Tim Benz. Then I'll come home, probably eat some dinner or whatever, go on a pregame call right before the game at like seven, I think it is. And then I watch the game from studio, which I don't like, but that's just for preseason. And then I do the post game show directly after Tomlin's press conference. So we'll be on the air till like 1 a.m. Eastern. Feel free to call in and save me. I mean, because especially the third preseason game post game with all the drunks is made one of my least favorite jobs of the year.
0: Well, look, it's not even that late for me. I'm going to I'm gonna get drunk and call Give me a, a buzz. Yeah. So, uh,
1: Stealer hotline, right.
0: When Brian from California calls, you'll know what's, <laughs> what's going on there. Um, and, of course, you'll have, I'm sure, many takeaways from preseason Thursday night affairs as we finish up the exhibition season here, and we'll preview the rest of what we want to see in this weekend's games on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.